What's poppin' everybody? It's the Incidental Nerd here, and you're listening to Episode 7 of the For The Pop Podcast. This episode features a Let's Talk About It with independent wrestling referee Dan Perch. Really enjoyed this, and I hope you guys do too, and don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and all those other good things you do on the internet. What's poppin', boys, girls? It's your boys, Hank and Nerd, with this week, Episode 7 of For The Pop. We're with the best referee in the game, Mr. Dan Perch. Thank you for joining us. Oh, far too kind. Far too kind. Let me guys. say it's true. Nerd, what's <laughs> popping, my, my brother? How are you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dan, pleasure to sit down and have a conversation with you. Uh, uh, I've been at many, many a show where you've been the best ref at the show. Uh, I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate you sitting down with us and letting us pick your brain a little bit about what it's like being an independent wrestling referee. Um, I'm sure you've got some great stories to tell. Um, I can tell just from looking at you, you're a happy guy. And uh, I like I like the energy right away. So uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, nerd, thank you so much for, uh, for those kind words. Uh, that really means a lot, uh, especially for uh, uh, you guys to have me on the podcast to uh, to share any of these stories and uh, in great times that we've shared in the same building together. Uh, it's fun to... Uh, to connect some of these stories and uh and mix and mingle and uh and enjoy our love for pro wrestling yeah you know recently we uh we kind of relaunched at the beginning well throughout the pandemic we kind of were in a lull i think like like everybody else we used to have a different name that i never liked uh and neither one of us liked it yeah so we (laughs) rebranded and we came up with this new concept for the pop you know wrestling collectibles pop culture all that stuff yeah um so, I'm, I'm not, I, I didn't make up the name nerd. I just am one. Yeah. And you can see in my background here. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, you know, once we're figuring out, okay, you know, let, let's look for some new guests, people we haven't talked to, because we've talked to plenty of like the local Chicago people, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Matt Nix, uh, the awesome Kylie Ray, James and Two Juice and, you know, Carlos from Gali. You know, we talked to a bunch of local Chicago people and I was like you know what's someone new we haven't talked to before and I thought about you because uh you know I get to see what a lot of shows and I've always mentioned how you know you know once in a while I get to ring the bell at shows and I appreciate how animated you are because you make it so easy as a bell ringer if no one's ever told you thank you because you make it so much clear and easy to see oh straight up straight up we avoid any we try to avoid any any mistakes on that but i I guess my question is how do you keep all the energy on you man you know every time we see you every no one's ever got a bad word to say about an old perch and uh you know how do you keep up the energy oh man um you know it's it's a blessing to, to be a part of, of pro wrestling and to, uh, to perform and to get inside that ring every time uh, that we do, um, you know, and, and I share that every time I'm out on the road uh, working a show or whether I'm at the, uh, at camp during the week, um, you know, training, whether it's one, two, three days a week, um, that uh, same excitement is always there uh, simply because at the end of the day, we're bringing pro wrestling to fans. <laughs> We're putting smiles on their faces. Um, you know, there's there's a sort of karma that comes to it. You know, a sense of 
of, you know, good that, that, you know, wraps it all around. So just being in that kind of environment and, you know, having the opportunity to do what we do, it's just uh, an amazing feeling. So I try to, to resonate it. And I was told early on, just be yourself. And, uh, <laughs> and from day one, I've just been myself and, uh, and it's proven a great, great opportunities to, uh, to be a student in professional wrestling. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's some people out there that you can see, they get kind of, sometimes they get to a venue and you can see they're, they're already over it, you know, and I, there's been plenty of times where, you know, we cross paths and it's always a, a smile and sometimes people aren't in the best moods, especially trying to put a show together. You're just like, just get it done. Let's do it. You know. Yeah. Happy show day. Yeah. <laughs> happy show day, indeed. Uh, and it's uh, it's certainly try uh, keep it as the mind state uh, during those days because there's a lot of jobs that have to get done. And in pro wrestling, the show will go on, and uh, and it's up to us to make sure that that show goes on. And uh, and there's no other way around it. <laughs> For sure, man. Yeah. We uh we had uh. Uh, a brief stint uh, as the um, we we covered Gali. Uh, we were we, we were in the booth for Gali, very very briefly, and uh, all of the curveballs that were thrown. I mean, you know, card subject to change, always. Um, and, you know, so it's you have to be on your feet um, all the time. I'm sure as a ref. Um, it's probably even more so because the way that I look at it is if you're, if you're roughing a singles match, you're the third member of that match, you know, like, like you've, and I'm not, you know, kayfabe doesn't exist anymore. So let's not play with, play around with that. You know, like we know you have a lot of responsibility in that ring. Um, and, and, uh, uh, it's gotta be, I mean, you're very happy about it clearly. Um, how do you how do you how do you approach each match? Yeah, yeah, that's a great insightful question. Um, this certainly um, the third man in the ring, or you know, in a tag match, the the fifth man, or right. uh, and and the role that I play is very um very crucial uh, all around. <laughs> it blends all lines between um, you know in front of the curtain for fans to see as well as behind the curtain. Um, the role that I have as a referee, uh, first and foremost, uh, my mind state is, uh, is to keep everybody safe, number one. So with that in mind, that's my goal. Uh, I, I want to earn opportunities um, to keep people safe, essentially. Uh, someone else could be in there, uh, but I want it to be me because, you know, I want to I learn a set of skills and, and, uh, and I'm able to use them. And that being said, uh, first thing on mind is to keep the people safe. Um, so that being said, I'll, uh, I'll get with uh, each match beforehand, uh, whether it's the, the start of the night, I'll, I'll see what I have on the, uh, on the evening. And, uh, and I'll get with uh, my next match and let uh, the competitors know that, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm your referee for today. Um, uh, this is the rules that the company has, uh, you know, as a ref, it's, it's <laughs> the, the realness to my job is, uh, is so true. And, and I'm an official for the company representing the company and the brand. Uh, so I've got to make sure I, I know the rules of each company, uh, wrestlers, um, 
maybe work different companies all the time. Um, and, and myself, I like to get experience too. So making sure you know the set of rules. So I let everybody know, hey, this is what we have for tonight. Um, you know, if there's anything you need from me, um, I'll be all ears. Um, and that's really kind of it. And then I let them know um, we have maybe about 10 minutes till, till we're up or we're on deck. Um, that's uh, we'll be ready when, when you're needed. <laughs> and then I like to uh, like to grab a couple of waters uh, if there's water bottles and I'll, I'll stow them right by the curtain. So when we come back through the curtain um, afterwards, hopefully everyone is nice and safe and, uh, and we've got some waters to, uh, to enjoy. <laughs> That's my ritual. No, that, that, that's awesome. Good guy perch. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't typically ask these questions anymore, but I wanted to ask you since we, you know, you know, we haven't spoken much, but what what's what is your background? How did you how did you get involved? I mean, you don't have to take me through every step, but like, did you want to wrestle or have you always been a lifelong fan? How, yeah, how, you know, how did that happen? Um, lifelong fan growing up in Wisconsin. Okay. Um, uh, love uh, Crusher Country as <laughs> as I grew up on around here, okay. uh, and and finally found the opportunity to uh, to train. And going into the business, I I wanted to learn everything, uh, absolutely everything. Awesome. Um, realistic expectations. I'm not a bodybuilder, uh, nor am I um, looking to you know add massive amounts of weight or change my style to to be extremely muscular or anything yeah. uh, but I will learn every aspect of professional wrestling um, that I can and that came with training with, uh, with the Beer City Bruiser um, at the Thumper's Den <laughs> in, uh, in Cudahy, Wisconsin, South Milwaukee and, um, and Frankie ran Brew City Wrestling shows as well so that was my first promotion where I got to, uh, to cut my teeth uh, I learned as a referee and from there I would work fair shows as that ring announcer if we needed. Um, I, I learned how to wrestle so I could wrestle if needed. I trained the same way as wrestlers. So that's how I got into the business was I'm going to train the same way as everybody else mm-hmm. and find what, you know, learn everything. So whatever's needed uh, that night I can perform, um, you know, with my mind state, I want to be the best at, at it. Mm-hmm. Not because, you know, an ego, but someone has to do every job and it's pro wrestling. Let's do the best we possibly can at every job. So that was kind of what set out my hunger to learn every single task was that I want to be able to help out pro no, wrestling any way I can. I love that. And uh, it, it, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to blow smoke, but it shows your, your passion shows. I mean, you can't fake that, that funk. <laughs> yeah, that's, and it's also, that's like, I mean, you're, you're talking about it in the professional wrestling ranks, but like, that's just a great outlook on life itself. You know what I mean? Like um, every job that I've ever had, I've always like, like tried to be a jack of all trades and, and learn a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, mm-hmm. And you make yourself more valuable to the companies you work for as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the things I, I, I knew eventually we would get around to asking if you had trained in wrestling, which you have. Uh, and the reason I asked is because the last freelance show that I was at, unfortunately, I missed the the, the last one that the but the one before. I certainly seem to remember someone doing a scoop slam, <laughs> and it looked good. You popped the crowd, sir. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I lo- I lost my shit, you know. Yeah. 
and, uh, uh, the man, the, those freelance environments are are unbelievable. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, we say freelance is home. That's you know, we're Chicago guys, so we 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 love our freelance. But uh, yeah. oh yeah, and that's a that's a company that um, you know was taught to uh, to go on the road and help set up and, and tear down, help out companies. And freelance was. Um, the first uh, big Chicago promotion that that I was able to do. So uh, with doing that, as the years have gone on, uh, needless to say, uh, you know, to have a guy like Bryce uh, put me in a position to uh, to experience the full force of a freelance crowd. Um, it was it was electric. <laughs> yeah, no, it literally was. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's always um, we call it a that scoop slam you did, it was on Bryce, correct? It's you can compare it to what we call the Kylie pop because uh, I don't know if anyone gets a bigger pop than Kylie Ray in Chicago. That's so you, you got to those levels, my friend. Absolutely, you did. And that's we're, we're not blowing smoke up your ass. You got that big of a pop, the crowd lost it. It was fantastic. You, you were you were flying in the same atmosphere as the Kylie pop. <laughs> you got a bigger pop than the time uh i saw two juice take take one in the yam bag <laughs> <laughs> what is it what is it that people love well can my nephew he fell out of love with the wrestling i tried to force it on him when he was younger he went for it but to this day he'll still send me clips on social media of referees just getting annihilated. It is his favorite thing. It doesn't matter where they're getting hit. It doesn't matter what referee of what sports, wrestling, football, anything, he loses his mind when he sees a referee go down. <laughs> what is it about the referees taking a bump that just, oh man, it pops people. It's the, it's the unexpected though. It's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an official. You're not supposed to put your hands on them. You know, those are the rules. So, like, when when those rules get bent a little, it's that unexpected that really gets you going. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's it's the uh, the opposition between you know players on the field and, and the officials calling it. Uh, some guys get dressed in the locker room. Uh, other guys get dressed in their car in between baseball games or in between the football games. Well, they got an umpire or official, a whole tournament yeah. um, that, that when they get brought into the realism to the sport, oh man, it takes the fan right in with them. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, a question I wanted to ask you that I see you often uh, use a certain hashtag on social medias for the rough brand. Uh, tell, tell us a little more about that. Like, uh, what 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 is what do you want to accomplish with that? Like, I'm a, to me, it, it seems like it's more than just a hashtag, you know. Yeah, no, that's a that's a, a great point. Uh, more than uh, joining uh, professional wrestling, uh, I I had no social media at all. <laughs> had a Facebook that I hadn't used for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but building a, a social media was brought to my attention, uh, almost like building credit as a, as an adult. Uh, eventually, you're going to need it, and good credit is better than bad credit or no credit. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, I needed to, to set a foundation on on social media, uh, and then I I thought, well, you know, what do I believe in? And then, um, you know, believing in an idea or a stance, um, or more so just 
you know, a, a platform or something, uh, it was brought to my attention that by putting those, as I call them, pound symbols <laughs> or tic-tac-toe boards, good old, <laughs> good old pound sign, um, by putting those on, uh, you know, it could reach more or it could, um, it could get out there more to other like-minded individuals uh, on, the, on the interweb. So I, I set out and, and made a, a, a mark that I would say, well, you know, I'll, I'll put a tag on here. Uh, you know, for the brand, whether it's punters or kickers, uh, referees are, uh, are their own kind of uh, job. So for the ref brand, uh, it's the, the, you know, the intricate parts to the wrestling show that have to get done. <laughs> so uh, I, I put that one out there and, and I've been um, tracing it from, you know, my first days of wrestling uh, still to today. So um, oh, that's cool. that, that could be like <laughs> a memory lane. <laughs> yeah yep yeah, see the uh the entire photo album from way back all the way till now <laughs> and, and 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 i i always i always like to think of other ways to incorporate things and like so you're so so you're it's it's you building a brand so you know maybe mm-hmm. some for the ref brand merchandise <laughs> some perch merchandise some perch merch as perch, <laughs> there you go as brian Johnson <laughs> from ring of honor coined at one time look for perch is that merch what perch is that merch oh that's confusing as hell <laughs> <laughs> it sent him off it was great well, that, um, but, but yeah i mean uh do you um i, I think you recently had like a, a, a short run on uh, a certain shirt didn't you yeah, that was um speaking of Shy Town, the Shy Town love. Um, Missa Kate put out the idea saying, "Perch needs some merch out there. Put out a shirt." Yeah. And uh, and now I had one right when I started. <clears throat> you know, again looking to learn everything of pro wrestling. Of uh, I had uh, pocket billboards up in Milwaukee make a shirt for me, and you know it, it sold or whatever, and and it made runs. I've got a few of them hanging around, but that was years ago. Nice. Um, so by Missa Kate putting out an idea there, um. You know, I, I had already been done with merch. I, not something I want to do. <laughs> it's not my thing. Um, but she put the idea out there and, and camera guy gimmick uh, photographer from, from the shy town land um, ran with it. And he has connections and hookups in the, in the shirt game. And he reached out to me and said, Hey, would you be all right with it? And I was like, Oh God, <laughs> well, tell, tell you what, uh, We'll donate the money to charity if uh, if anything comes back for it and uh, and we're good. So um, as it was, yeah, I did a pre-order, a bunch of shirts sold, um, sold out of, you know, what was projected. And uh, and we were able to donate uh, like 130 plus uh, bucks to the MAC Fund, uh, Midwest Athletes Against Childhood Cancer. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Nice little fund. Awesome, yeah. Awesome. So uh, almost going back to that, like you had mentioned, nerd. Um, you know, the idea of, of more of an idea, um, the idea behind that one was, um, you know, not a, a merchandise that I want to sell or, or need to, to, you know, keep cycling. Uh, plenty of wrestlers out there who, who need to, uh, to keep the merchandise flowing to, to sell. And yeah. as a referee, um, you know, we have to, to make it other, other ways. And, uh, and I feel the idea behind that one was if it's going to be done. Well, let's give it back to, to someone else. Very cool, man. That's a uh, that that's good to hear. Uh, you know, if maybe there'll be another run one day and uh, put put us down for some shirts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned if there is another one. <laughs> I mean, maybe a for the rough brand. Who knows? 
<laughs> but I mean, oh, you know what? Actually, I have another. I have another wrestling related question for you. Um, obviously, you you know you've talked about you want to learn every aspect of the wrestling business. There's a, a very niche niche of little part of our wrestling world, and that's death matches. How have uh, how have what was your transition to that? Were you thrilled, scared, excited, all of the above? Uh, yeah, getting into yeah. that. <laughs> uh, thrilling. Uh, that's an awesome. Doing something like that. Awesome insight. Um, you pro wrestling in general, uh, just a singles match. Walking into that ring, you can get hurt like nobody's business. Those ring ropes are caution tape. Um, and it's always a hard hat area Um, so any environment or circumstance like matches uh, death matches uh, propose a whole new set of you know parameters Uh, going back to originally um, number one goal is to keep people safe uh, and that doesn't change however the environment changes for for matches like that Um, so Learning the environment is something that you need to get repetition with. Um, luckily, in Milwaukee, a promotion ran by dysfunction. I, ICW Milwaukee, they do death matches. And, uh, and I've been able to, uh, to cut my teeth at working, again, every, you know, announcing and <laughs> managing and refing and uh, just about everything for them. So I've been able to, to get a little experience in, in death matches, um, but nothing quite like the GCW experience, which um, was, I was at the right position where I, you know, to, to get an opportunity like that to, to learn. So, um, you know, putting in work to be prepared in that kind of a situation is something that takes, it took years, took, it took a few years. And, um, and those uh, matches over the weekend at the, uh, the GCW in Detroit and Summit, Illinois, um, I mean, that was such great experience inside the ring, uh, the environment of the death matches, uh, working with uh, talent from Japan and, um, and overseas, uh, Australia, UK, I mean, um, all over, uh, just to, to experience the, the thrill of the fight and the spirit of the warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, that, it's it's got to be a whole different animal preparing for that. Yeah, yeah, and and it it dials up safety as number one, as well as the fear. Um, you know, is there moments to be scared? Sure, but afraid? No, no, you can't be, can't be. But you know, scared or, or adrenaline or frightened and excited and happy and you know, ecstatic. Oh, you feel every emotion. Uh, I, I will say that the soreness the next few days is <laughs> much more real yeah. because. Uh, you know, heightened, ten, you know, tension, tension's heightened and uh, <laughs> movements take a little bit more out of you. Your adrenaline uh, carries you through a lot of that show, right? <laughs> yeah, carries you on the drive home too. <laughs> Fly back without even blinking. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I, I, I've noticed in watching death matches that uh, like you do see referees doing things you would never see at a uh, non-deathmatch company uh you know for instance setting up tables um (laughs) you know actually helping get the implements of destruction to where they need to be 
uh, which, uh, you know, I know it's, it, it's gotta be, it, it's got, it's, it's part of the, part of the show and, you know, part of what you, like you said, keeping people safe in the ring, but it's gotta be, uh, a little nerve wracking when, when, uh, you're in a ring that's, that's covered in light bulbs and glass and like, you know, like you're not just not, not only the trying to keep the people who they're clearly not safe because it's a death match. <laughs> They're they're intentionally hurting one another, but you just want you don't want them to get too hurt, and then you want to make sure you're not getting hurt as well. So it's got to be very interesting. It's a yeah, it's a carousel for sure. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, keeping everyone everyone ready, uh, like you had mentioned with the uh, the preparation. Um, you know, once in a while you do get called in, uh, and that one show for uh, for ICW Milwaukee. Tyler Sullivan had me uh, light a table on fire for him. <laughs> and that was one of the, the more moments, you know, it's, it's thrilling, but again, it's uh, seeing it from the eyes of the referee. It's a moment that, you know, you're facilitating it through them, you know, by extension. Um, and, you know, whether it's having to hold a ladder or something too, uh, it's through them by extension, you know, extension. Um, but then the realness hits of, of just how real that moment is. <laughs> For that moment that you're doing it, you know, it, it possesses you. So you don't think about the environment, <laughs> but then it happens. And then, uh, then you're right back into it. I, I was watching, uh, I was watching AEW last night, Hank. I know you saw the spot. We, we just, we discussed it in a chat earlier. Um, but Cody Rhodes put El Idolo through a, a, a table that was on fire last night. And he came off on fire and went in for the pin and then you see the referee come in and like kind of bat down the fire off of him so he's not burning <laughs> so yeah that's that's pretty wild <laughs> paul turner he's the man the referee <laughs> you see henry i feel like only refs know like they know all the refs they, yeah they're, they're they're a fraternity bro you know, there's certain there are certain refs that have like set themselves apart. Your Mike Kyotas, you know, uh, you know, uh, Aubrey has done a nice job of 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 setting herself apart uh, in AEW. But like when we had uh, Andy Long in, man, like what? I'm sorry. Someone drove by booing. I don't know what that was. <laughs> boo, boo. Where's Dad? Boo. That's what we do at, 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 at freelance. So just so you know, um, but uh, when we had him in, like he went a deep dive into, into refs and it's like, I do appreciate what you guys do, but, and like you, you've set yourself apart. That's why I think Henry and I wanted to have you on the show is because you have set yourself apart. Um, but we've seen a lot of referees that don't necessarily do that. <laughs> so but it's interesting that you, you yourself, you're like, oh yeah, that was this guy, or and he's great. We just wanted you on so that you know, eventually, a few months from now, when you're on TV working matches, we're gonna be like, hey, you remember when we knew that guy? <laughs> That's it. We were there. <laughs> years, years, years down the road. <laughs> I'm still here learning. Oh no, I, I love it, guys. You always are right. Uh, actually, I had a follow-up question on the death matches one. Uh, an experience for yourself. Was there 
did anything ever happen during a death match where you realize that you weren't as prepared? Like, like, did you get hurt during one? Like, maybe like your first one, you didn't have gloves, and you're like, oh crap! And now I have to count to three. I know how these. Like, what was that moment where you're like, oh, I'm not as prepared as I thought I should be? Or <laughs> have you had something like that happen to you during the death matches? Yeah, I'm yeah, tr- tremendous, uh, tremendous <laughs> amounts of, of those moments. <laughs> He's trying to preserve the ref brand here, man. He is at the top of his game and prepared for everything that's thrown at him. <laughs> and and also someone who takes notes and uh, and realizes all the mistakes that I make <laughs> on the week to follow, <laughs> if not immediately. <laughs> Oh, wow. I've seen some refs that make the count with no gloves on, and I'm just fearing for their hands. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you see, you get it. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you got to be got to be prepared going into that ring, and uh, and that means mentally and physically. Um, I learned pretty quick uh, that I was going to use tape under my gloves. Uh, so gloves are good, but uh, I learned that, you know what, I'm going to put a whole bunch of, um, you know, wrist tape, athletic tape, uh, under my my gloves uh, to protect the hand so you know like a fighter would have under his boxing gloves or ufc gloves uh, tape up the hand uh, because it's going to be used a mitt you know i can squeeze this thing like a like a machine a lego hand um, <laughs> but uh, use the hand as, as a tool so you know turning just a, a regular uh, flesh hand into a uh, into an actual tool to use inside a death match as a referee so um yeah different tools that that it can be to, you know it, not as cool as batman but mentally i'm batman and, and learning how to use my tools right now i've still got a, a simple adam west costume i need to, to build into a, a george clooney or a, or a michael keaton <laughs> a good tool belt <laughs> He's talking our language, Henry. I would say, I, I think that's a good segue for some nerd questions right there. I know, <laughs> I know that popped you uh, because, you know, I think, uh, nerd here is a big Batman fan. And I, I think uh, you just spoke his language. You did indeed. You did indeed. Uh, yeah. I mean, pop culture is, is, is my thing. And, and, and wrestling is such a big part of pop culture as well. You know, there, there, are, there are so many wrestlers that have, have had, or, or, or continue to have such a huge impact on the culture that people sometimes don't even realize it was related to, to a wrestler. Like, I mean, for instance, when Daniel Bryan and his yes movement, excuse me, Brian Danielson, um, when he started, when he got that yes movement going on, all of a sudden you started, it was happening in it, at college football games and professional games. And like, I'm sure half the people there didn't even know that that started in wrestling, you know? Um, so that's, that's why with, with for the pop being our name. And it, of course we were talking about the pops you get in the wrestling ring or at a wrestling show, but also for the pop culture as well. Um, so that was a long winded way of getting to me asking you my favorite question, which is other than wrestling, or you can talk about wrestling if you like, um, if, if that's how hardcore you are, what pops you? Ooh, I love the question. Love it. Um, pop culture, hands down, favorite pie in Trivial Pursuit. It <laughs> <laughs> awesome. was like the only one I could have a chance at back in that old game. Uh, 
Uh, you know what? Uh, what what gets me? Um, I'm a big time fan of um, of movies, uh, but not like uh, I'm not the biggest fan of modern movies per se. But good acting and and a good Daniel Day Lewis movie um, of modern actors, uh, or like Hugh Jackman is good. Christian Bale is good. Um, a good method actor. So I go back and I watch movies from. <laughs> 30s 40s 50s 60s um i love a good leading role or a good paul newman or jimmy stewart um any of those good old classic uh, hollywood actors uh, i'm i'm a big time fan of those long um a lot of times long drawn out scenes in movies uh, but like a you know humphrey bogart <laughs> I, I love you know, just drawing inspiration from watching those guys and, and knowing that, you know, those old, old time movies carry so many good values to them, great stories to them. Um, I'm, I'm really big into the old maybe golden age of, of cinema or something. I don't know. Black and white movies, but even into color there, but old movies. Wow. That's really cool. I, I would never have thought it, but that's, that's, that's really cool. So, so you're a cinephile, as they say. Yeah, that, I picture in my mind a big, giant, uh, you know, collection of VHS movies. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it is in my mind. What's, in reality, what's VHS? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, it's the big old, with the internet now, we can, you know, find a movie, whether you pay two bucks or it's, you know, in public domain, um, you know, able to watch old movies that, you know, growing up, people would just have an old old movie collections and right. and now they've got some meaning or more value to them because i, I understand a little bit more <laughs> yeah. just last weekend uh, to kind of piggyback off what you say you know good acting uh and, and maybe it's not it well definitely not in the category of movies and actors that you had mentioned but uh i, I introduced my my one cousin 19 years old and he said he likes movies and i asked him if you ever watched the bronx tale and i introduced him to that movie and he never heard of it and I had it on DVD and I didn't have a DVD player. And so I was like, let's get on Amazon Prime, $2.99, perfect. But what he said, he's like, I really enjoyed it because the acting was excellent. He goes, it's not flashy. It's not all this action. And, you know, it's like just the music and the, the acting just delivered. I was just like, that's, that's the reaction I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, there. I think there are some filmmakers that still, maybe they're the the content of their films may not be the same, but they're inspired by the kind of films that you really like to watch. Um, and and so they're carrying those things forward. But it's it's not like that era. It was also really expensive to make films. There were legitimate like you know like you said Humphrey Bogart you know like those really like like legends of of of, of movies um and there it wasn't you know every movie gets 18 sequels and all of that kind of thing you know like there there really is something to be said about that that genre of or that era um that's I can understand why you why you enjoy it yeah and and you know a lot of guys uh, from that era like even a, a jimmy stewart it goes off to war for a couple of years comes back and <laughs> you know, wins awards there and wins movie awards and just that real genuineness into into those guys performances and 
like Hank, you mentioned too, that music that accompanies it too. It, it just is similar to wrestling. It gives you all the feels <laughs> and for those movies to, to withstand, you know, 50, 60, 70 years and to still deliver in some capacity. A lot of it goes over my head, but, but a lot of it, uh, most of it resonates. And, uh, and, and I love that. For sure. Is there, I know this is kind of a tough question to ask you on the side, is there a movie that I don't want to say your favorite movie, but like a movie you've seen a dozens of times that you can just like say line for line. like <clears throat> Oh yeah. I, uh, I grew up on, on, you know, movies. We, we had, you know, HBO and stuff and uh Tommy Boy was just coming out nice. <laughs> and, and my god if, if Tommy Boy <laughs> wouldn't take the cake is like hands down would have to be the the, the by default <laughs> the most favorite watched movie of all time Tommy Boy uh in Space Jam right, right in that oh, same time nice. um <laughs> we had the Tommy Boy on a on a blank tape that we recorded and then Space Jam in the uh, in the plastic you know hard case <laughs> that's fancy yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just have the old the old cheap ones that just fall out of the sleeves <laughs> don't lift it too wrong and it falls right <laughs> literally and then it's everywhere my uh i almost i had that happen with me thankfully they didn't crack the first movie i ever purchased with my own money i was so excited was ace ventura pet detective and I, oh and I bought it <laughs> my dad still says best movie Ever. <laughs> I guess it doesn't hold up as much anymore, you know. But it's a great, great comedy, great comedy for its time. Oh, so good, so good. That era of comedies—they peaked right there in the in the nineties. Comedies peaked. I agree. I, I definitely agree. Yeah, that's cool. What about uh in the music scene? What what are you into? Like, uh, are you all over the place? Or um, yeah, you know, I, I growing up in the um, 90s into, into 2000s, uh, my favorite band right when they came around was The Killers, um, that, that Hot Fuss CD. And ever since, I've been a huge fan. Uh, and they've had yeah, five, six CDs or, or whatever, and just had a CD last year. Uh, by default, Killers are my favorite band. Brandon Flowers, good front man. Mm-hmm. Um, and every CD is just good, uh, different, um, different styles, good American rock music. Um, so as far as a modern band, uh, the Killers, hands down, um, you know, growing up, discovered them when they were young. Awesome. Uh, but but the other band I would say is um, that I learned from from the history uh, is the Grateful Dead, a big time Grateful Dead fan, and um, and just learning from their stories, thirty years touring, um, so they paved the way for a lot of the stuff that we even do on the road, uh, touring from, from place to place, as well as just great music and um, just good values, good American uh, music all around. Yeah. I, the, the, um, I got into the Grateful Dead in my, in my twenties, you know, like 50 years ago. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, and the, one of the things that always sticks with me with the Grateful Dead and I got to see, because they're, they're now touring under, I think, Dead & Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple years ago, I got to see them at, well, now it's like four years ago, I got to see them at Wrigley Field. Um, and the thing that always, uh, like, like, got me really excited was the way that, like, 
Hank, I know I don't know if you're that familiar with the Grateful Dead. Probably I'm, not. I'm not. I'm not too familiar. But on their live they are, but not too familiar with their music. On their live shows, those guys would just riff off of each other, nice. like almost like jazz. Improv. Where you know you've got and and there's like seven, eight people on stage. Right. And like everybody gets their moment to shine, and it still is a like conducive, like it's still all together and they know exactly even they could go into a 15 minute solo and all of a sudden like one little thing and they get into just the the, the song that they were already playing like right uh, right on step it's a like i mean they're called a jam band amazing stuff like even if you don't like the music just you have to like rep- respect the artistry of it yeah, no I great band. Following, what do you call? What do you call you guys? Uh, deadheads. <laughs> yeah. well, and you know, and and there's a huge. I don't know if you you know this, Dan, but there's a huge. At least there was a giant Grateful Dead community in the city of Chicago, especially mm-hmm. especially in like the late '90s and the 2000s. Because the very last show that Jerry Garcia played was at Soldier's Field. And as Dan, as you had as you had mentioned, they were a touring band, and that didn't just mean they toured. Their fans tour with them. <laughs> and, and so a lot of people just by default, I have friends that they ended up in Chicago because they were touring with the dead, and the last show was in Soldier Field, and they're like, all right, I guess we're, we live in Chicago now. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. So cool. And, and it is so true. It, it was, uh, you know, people toured. They, they, they traveled. A um, lot of parallels between uh, pro wrestling and, and, you know, how the dead toured for as long as they did. Different territories, uh, hitting loops. Um, oh, that's just great to, to just, you know, feel that realism um, of, like you mentioned, their last show uh, altogether was Soldier Field. And that's where a lot of people just stayed, <laughs> you know, it, it had that kind of impact. Um, a lot of the values and, and stuff still being carried to, to today. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. There are bands that are, that are making a living as Grateful Dead cover bands. Um, mm-hmm. When I, when I was in my, I, I want to say mid to late twenties. Um, I don't know if you're, if you're big into the scene, I don't know if you know who Dark Star Orchestra is DSO. But they're one of they're one of the premier Grateful Dead cover bands, and I used to go to Martyrs on Lincoln Avenue by Irving every Tuesday night to see them play. They were just they were the house band on Tuesday nights, and from there that's when they started to tour. Like it oh. was it was an amazing thing. Yeah, like now I'm like holy crap! Like they sell out like huge places when they when they're touring it's amazing yeah they would make their way to uh, to summerfest um but we'll catch them many times at summerfest um yeah that's some terrapin station after you know <laughs> show the amphitheater and uh yeah dark star that's so cool they were a host band right by you guys <laughs> yeah yeah so it was like it, it kind of started out as like a like there were a lot of different grateful dead cover bands in the city and I think they just came together from like, oh, this guy used to play in this band and this guy and like, and they always had a phenomenal, that's the other thing about the Grateful Dead that I love is they always had a phenomenal female vocalist, like someone who can belt it out. 
um, it was like key to to it. Mm-hmm. Welcome to our Grateful Dead episode, guys. Hope, uh, <laughs> hope everyone's enjoying it. I'm learning a lot. <laughs> no, uh, to, to get us a little back on track, I don't mean to interrupt the the Grateful Dead uh, love party here. But what I thought about hearing you guys talk about them going on the road and going on tour, what do we think? Obviously, uh, you you make a lot of towns, uh, getting from uh, show to next show. Uh, we you know we tend to bring conversation back to food. What is some stuff that you find on the road that you like? I mean, uh, or if, if you're in a city, like like what what's your jam? Like where what do you love to eat on the road? Oh man, I love that question because I'm always looking for something. Um, I would say my favorite spot was um was for the WrestleMania week and last year uh, we were uh, down in Florida, yeah. which means. We're in the Waffle House leg of town. <laughs> nice. uh, so I got to eat breakfast with, uh, with the Unicorns Brothers um, at, at Waffle House. And just enjoying that you know, breakfast was, was just wonderful. Um, it getting set up for, for a whole day's work. You try to eat as much as you can uh, in, in that awesome. little window. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, oh, I love it. So, so that would probably be top dog is, uh, is the old Waffle House. But that's only, you know, south that I've experienced. Right. Um, otherwise, it, once in a while, we get blessed with canes. Uh, Doc Simmons pointed that out to me, uh, a wrestler who I train with up here. Um, he pointed me out to Raisin Canes that down in St. Louis for the first time. And, uh, and I've been seeing them throughout the Midwest. And, oh, my God, if that's not the best. I'm a tenders and fries guy. <laughs> I, uh, within the last two years, I now have two. Uh, I'm ready to smack down in the middle of two within, like, two miles of me. Oh, that's dangerous. I haven't tried it yet. I haven't tried. I'm going to have to try it out. Their tenders are delicious. And I, I'm, I'm a big mark for their lemonade. Ooh, and good lemonade. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, pop or soda guy, whatever you guys want to call it, but uh, uh, I love the lemonade. Settle down, it's pop, Henry. Come on. I don't know. He's he's from the Midwest, buddy. We call it pop. Minnesota nurse, whatever you want to call them, they say soda. Uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, yeah. no. Kansas is legit, man. Kansas is super legit. I would uh. I would go for my first couple of years in wrestling exclusively anywhere we went, tenders and fries, just nice, simple. Uh, if it's kids menu, great. I'll do it. Yeah. Uh, so to see canes, it was like, Oh my God, these guys speak to me. <laughs> yeah, no, those, those are canes just popping up and they're delicious. Uh, my, my nephew taught me that the proper way to eat a canes is you take the bread, you open it up and make it a, a sandwich or a taco. Like you stuff a tender and there are stuffed fries and they pour sauce on it, eat it like a taco. I'm like, well, how are you so fit, nephew? You <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. You know, this, that was going through my mind talking to this guy. He's like chicken tenders and fries. Like, how do you stay fit, man? How do you how do you stay fit if you're eating chicken tenders and fries all the time? See, what I do is I take that bun and I set it to the side. And I take two pieces of the Texas toast and use that as the bun instead. <laughs> that, no, the canes are great. I, I definitely recommend it. I like the crinkle fries and everything. Oh, those fries. I have to try it out. I have to try it out. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Well, 
Well, I guess kind of before we we start, you know, wrapping this up, we don't want to take too much of your of your time. Um, what uh, what do you got in the pipeline? Uh, we're gonna see you this weekend. Yeah, this weekend. Um, I'll be there at Freelance Underground. Uh, Calvin Tankman's got the championship; he's got to defend. And Matt Nix has got his honor that he has to defend. Yeah. Um, and and Monix has got some business that he's out there to uh to to prove or to to you know to handle. I think he's got some some business he's got to handle, and uh, and no yeah. one's gonna stop him. We as fans have business to handle with Pat Monix. <laughs> let me tell you, he broke my heart. If if he, if he makes it through uh, past Nix, he's gonna have to make it past us. <laughs> So, I hadn't even thought, <laughs> you know, the match will take place in the ring, but you still got to make it to the ring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me ask you something. Have you ever seen Nick Gage try to make it to the ring? <laughs> it's going to be a little different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. His entrances are legendary. Oh, I love it. I love it. That, that's going to be an absolute blast. Talk about good storytelling and, and all the emotions. Um you know, being in the ring for, uh, for Monix's farewell was, um, was a real moment. And what really got me for that moment was, uh, when he's coming to the ring, talk about a sad song. Not sure exactly what it was and in the, the pictures up on that board, but what got me more than anything was when he was walking around, seeing the emotion pour out of every fan oh, yeah. and, and seeing the emotion from people that, you know, I've been thinking lately, just the, the people you meet along the way. And, uh, and seeing Monix as the people that, you know, he had met along the way and the impact that it had had and different impact with everybody. Um, you know, in the ring, there's, you know, a hundred stories that happen, but in the crowd, there's a million stories that happen. Right. So it was those people, you know, sharing their millions of stories with him. Um, and he took that all with him into that ring that night. And, uh, and you know, whether he, uh, he snapped right then and there, I, I tend to think that, Along the way, he maybe had a change of part, and uh, and he did take that Kelvin Tankman, you know, shot. So maybe. that could have knocked something loose. So I would well, say it was all like, genuine until yeah. that moment happened. No, no, I I, I completely agree. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, someone may have, was maybe cutting onions around me because it was <laughs> dusty in there. I, I don't know, you know. Uh, I I always say, Pat, uh, when I started going to uh, independent shows more in Chicago more frequently, the first two people that stood out to me, and I always say this, were Kylie, I saw her first match in Chicago, and Pat, he was part of a tag team. And just something about those two. And so, you know, now I, here I am, I'm thinking I'm at Pat's farewell match, and I'm like, man, so many emotions. And then, like you said, something snapped. He had a, he had a change of heart in the middle of the ring, and the SOB. So we'll see what Something happens. snapped. <laughs> something snapped <laughs> yeah you know you it's one of those things where it's like yay we get to see more of, of monix wrestle because i was like broken up like henry says like just that the the whole story just tugged at my heartstrings um but now i kind of feel like on saturday you know the last show we were all standing there pounding on the ring and I just, I hope we all get an opportunity to stand around Pat and pound on Pat. Pound <laughs> down. Why you treat us like that, Pat? Take us over down. Absolutely. So you better watch out. 
Oh, I love it. Great storytelling. <laughs> what else is on the horizon for you? Uh, we've got ACW Wisconsin, uh, Hornswoggle's promotion on Friday, this Friday. It's going to be a fun time. I like going up there anytime I can, any chance I get. Um, and, yeah, we got Freelance coming up. Um, and uh, in Chicagoland area, uh, Berwyn Championship Wrestling coming up. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a, a fun one back in the Berwyn Eagles Club. Legendary, legendary venue in my book. Yeah, oh, I love it. Um, and then Warrior Wrestling is coming up as well on December 12th. Uh, that's always a, a fun show, and that's before the Pack Bears game that night. So some good pro wrestling and, and a great day of kind of everything. <laughs> yeah, I touch on your, you know, we're, we're rivals here, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're friendly rivals, though, as long as we beat Minnesota. There's there's no rivalry anymore. Like no, it's right. the, the pack is the Packers have owned Absolutely. the Bears for so long. Like, you know, I, I'm just sorry. Like I go back to like the pre-Farve days, and like when we saw Farve retire, it was just like, yes, yes, <laughs> finally, finally. And then no, no. <laughs> No, oh, okay. You just get to have two generational quarterbacks. That's great. Meanwhile, <laughs> the Chicago Bears haven't had a good quarterback in over a hundred years. They talk about some guy named Sid Luckman, whoever the hell that guy is. No, no, he was literally in black and white. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I bleed green and gold, but you won't hear me boasting and bragging. But what I do like is uh, if I'm out on the road uh, working a lot of those Cali Lucha shows on Sundays, which yeah. is fun, um, you'll find me in the heart of Bears country uh, yeah. watching or listening uh, to the pack game and sharing Packer, mini Packer parties with people <laughs> <laughs> in my own mind. And, and, and most of them don't care, which uh, which I'm all right with. But uh, but as long as I'm there with the people I love and uh, and enjoying the team, I love. Oh, that's, that's well, well, member of the partial member of the show, Pack, our buddy Pack, is a giant Packers fan. I don't know if you guys have had an opportunity to meet or commiserate about that. We'll make <laughs> sure on Saturday that you guys have the opportunity to talk about the Packers. <laughs> Just away from us. Just yeah. away from us. Don't hey, spread salt in the wounds. And uh, I mean, we I can mention this off 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 camera, but I'm going to mention it now. If you want me to pick you up some canes before the show, I'll take it to uh, Underground. Let me know. I, I have no problem doing that. <laughs> it's on the way. <laughs> so, try, hey, listen, he's driving. I'll pay. Yeah. <laughs> put an order in for me, oh, would you? That's too <laughs> I'm putting an order for Hank. <laughs> oh, you guys are too kind. Too kind. <laughs> but, uh, all right, well, nerd, take us home, you know. Uh, well, well before before we close up, um, you know, you, you let us know where you're going to be. Um, is, are the, is there any social media that you'd like to to share with anybody listening? Uh, yeah, guys, uh, across the board at Perch XLV is uh, is the Instagram and Twitter. Uh, a lot of pictures. Uh, I, I like Instagram. I like putting pictures up there and stories. Uh, Dan Perch is the Facebook. 
Uh, I try to put a bunch of pictures and stuff out there. Uh, it's the modern day photo album. So you get the aunts and uncles and, and <laughs> the family saying, hey, Purge, put your stuff out there. We want to see it. It's like I got a million pictures and I just got to <laughs> get them out there. <laughs> um, and just started a, uh, a YouTube. I don't know if it's a YouTube page or a playlist, but uh, I've certainly got a playlist of, of all the matches that I've found on YouTube. And it's at about 50 and counting. So um Look for the the Perch YouTube playlist as well. Can't wait. That's awesome. I'll, I'll I'll definitely make sure that we get all your socials and all, all your stuff up in the uh, description of this podcast when it goes out. Um, and you know, we really appreciate that this time. It's been a lot of fun uh, getting to know a little bit about you. Look forward to see you on Saturday. Th- that promise about the Canes is absolutely one hundred percent true, sir. So you you let us know. Get into contact. What you want? We got you. Um, that being said, this right here, this has been episode seven of the For the Pop podcast. That's my buddy, Hank312, OG Hank312 on the socials. I am the incidental nerd. That right there, that's been Dan Perch, and he has been awesome. We appreciate your time, sir. And until next time, toodles. Toodles.